Welcome to Money Night. Johnny Todd's Money Night Therapy. That's what it is. Not just Monday Night Therapy. I'm sure somebody else out there in the world somewhere has a Monday Night Therapy show. But this is the only John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy show that you need. Todd is joining us. Would you like to tell them or would you like me to? Uh, go, go ahead. I want to see what you remember from what I told you. <laughs> Todd is joining us from Iowa, which it wouldn't be so odd in, in that he is actually sitting in the lobby of a rest area in Iowa on his laptop connected to a hot spot because he didn't want to miss. He was worried about you people, all you people with all the news and the overwhelming <laughs> everything that's happened in the last few days. And the you know what? We're, we're going to just skip Witty Banner and go right into it. We well, beat Iowa. You know, I, I got a little witty banter though that I don't want to skip. Huh. I'm actually I'm at a rest area between Casey and Adair, Iowa. This is where my dad went to high school back in the day. Um, on my way back from visiting my daughter over Thanksgiving, but here's my witty banter. I was so nervous the way that the game was playing out because you know Nebraska was looking good. And we all know what Nebraska does when they're looking good. And I remember the Iowa game last year when I was with family out in Southern California and we were feeling pretty good, though we knew something bad could happen. And then lo and behold, in that second half, it, it just seemed like, oh, this cannot be deja vu all over. I didn't give up the ship. I, I really thought that, that they were going to hang on and win. But as soon as the game is over, I had got I got on some different social media because the next morning on Saturday morning we were driving to Iowa to spend uh, three days with my daughter, her husband, and and their little baby. And I told people I am packing everything red that I have. Now you can't tell because I got a black sweater on, but I when I left my home in Council Bluffs on Saturday morning I had a pullover with Nebraska bright red and all that kind of stuff. And we drove to, um, we were headed to Dubuque and my wife wanted to stop in all places. She wanted to stop in Iowa City because they have a, a store there that she loves to shop at. And I told her, I said, okay, you get a half an hour in the store, but I wanna go to B-Dubs, B-W, Buffalo Wild Wings, because Michigan was playing Ohio State. And I said, drop me off there and then you can shop and then come and pick me up. So I'm walking into B-Dub, I had forgotten that I had this Nebraska pullover on in Iowa City. And I go through the door and there was a couple about my age walking out and they just kind of stopped and stared at me and the guy says, oh, you stuck around an extra day just to dig the knife in a little bit deeper. <laughs> oh, crap. I forgot that I had it on. So I go walking into the bar at B-Dub's with my Nebraska stuff on and these people all just, they kind of looked out of their corner and they're like, what the hell is that guy doing here? So that's my little jovial banner. What a game, what a win for Nebraska. You know, I think a lot of us had said that if Nebraska could only win one game, you know, since we've been bad the last however many years, just beat Iowa, just beat yeah. Iowa. And yeah. that happened. Since you were in Iowa when all when that happened and is there just a general feeling of sadness to go on the, with the pig smell in the air? A lot of pig smell in the air because it's been warm and the farmers are spreading stuff out on their fields yet. Um, 
So there, there is a lot of that. And, you know, I'm not going to get too nasty because, as I said, I'm in the lobby of a rest area oh, and I yeah. can't see behind me. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little careful. <laughs> see, I got, fan, I got people back here telling me to go for it. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I guess we do this show from anywhere. Uh, from anywhere. Okay. We beat, we beat Iowa. And it felt good, and it was like happiness. And then we don't have – they have to be really feeling shitty about their program because you know what they don't have, Todd? You know what they don't have? They don't have a good offensive coordinator. Well, there's that. But they don't – they did really – I mean, when you look at the odds for all the coaches that were going to get hired and fired and everything like that, Iowa was nowhere in there. Yeah, it, it, looks, like, right. uh, it looks like they're just stuck. You know, because what happened over the weekend is is Nebraska hired some guy, looks like an Ewok, Matt Rule, and Wisconsin hired another guy, Luke Fickle, that we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, we're gonna, we'll start with this uh, Matt Rule thing. What do you think? I mean, well, I, I, already... I like the pick, but I also I have to I have to be honest with you. You know, while I was really excited about it, and I and I do believe. You know, in light of everything, I think it's the best pick that Nebraska had. I don't think Nebraska settled. Um, you know, people can say all they want to about the other options that may have been out there. But I do have to admit, when I read the next morning that Wisconsin was set to name Luke Fickle, my heart went pitter-pat a little bit because I do like Luke Fickle. And I thought, oh, crap. You mean we could have had Luke Fickle? But, you know, who knows what was going on behind the scenes. It sounds like we're going to pay Matt Rule more than Wisconsin's going to pay Luke Fickle. So, you know, maybe Luke Fickle wasn't interested in Nebraska, and maybe maybe Nebraska wasn't real interested or as interested in Luke Fickle as, as we were Matt Rule. So, well, wait a minute. Good. Wait a minute. Matt Rule, you, you go right into Luke Fickle. You're, well, like that meme. You're like that meme where the guy is looking at that other girl's butt. Okay, I like Matt Rule a lot. And, you know, you keep calling him an Ewok. I saw the picture of him dressed up. You know, he can at least button the top button yeah. of his yeah. shirt. And, you know, so he's got a 5 o'clock shadow. Last time I looked, you see guys on the cover of those magazines at the checkout line in the grocery store. They all have 5 o'clock shadows. I got stuck on Telemundo earlier today looking for the dang soccer game, and they had advertisements for those – Mexican, you know, uh, soap operas, and those guys all had five o'clock. Heck, the whole Moroccan soccer team has a five o'clock shadow. We don't need to worry about Matt Rule looking like an Ewok. He is Matt Rule, and kudos to him. The guy could grow a hell of a beard if he wanted to. Did you watch any of his introductory press conference? I have not. I've been in the depths of, yeah, wherever. No, I did okay. not. Okay, I'm going to show you the winning line. This is the winning line from the Matt Rule press conference. And you can read it and give us your reaction. You could read it out loud. I don't believe you can win if you don't win the line of scrimmage. 100% agree. We had been told in the weeks coming up to this that Luke Fickle, he is priority number one. Offensive line, defensive line. He is a man of the trenches. That's what I heard somebody say. And I got to believe that that's where the focus is going to be. And, you know, we don't have to worry about some former quarterback 
being the head coach that wants to fling, zing, do all this fancy stuff. It's time to get back to fundamental football. <laughs> Will he have a fullback? To be seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't care. I don't okay. care. I watched the pre I, they had a press con they had a pre press conference show on YouTube with Damon Billing Benning oh my god, Damon Benning and Greg Sharp and I think it was Jessica Cody. I don't know uh, her that well, but uh you know, they 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 played it up and then they he came from you know, did like the Unity Walk thing and there was a massive crowd there and if that didn't terrify him, he stood up and talked in front of him. I don't know what he said to him, but I mean it already looked like, Oh my god, this guy's in charge and then he went in and did the press conference and uh you know what he did? He he number one he won the press conference. I didn't think that. I thought whatever this guy's going to say is just, you know, blah, 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 same shit. But he was a very good speaker. He, uh, it was clear he is the son of a minister because you were kind of like, okay, what Sunday church do I go to to see this guy give sermons? And it, it was a very good press conference. He said that line. He also said line, uh, another line that I tried to find, but I didn't in time. Uh, about it. the team with the best quarterback generally wins the game. But he talked a lot about integrity. And, you know, Trev Alberts talked for a while about how he interacted with 13 different coaches, but he wanted to assure everybody that Matt Rule was his 1A coach all of the time. So, well, I mean, Trev Alberts has to say that. I mean, you know, he can't, he can't, he can't make it appear as if we settled. And, you know, back in the very early days, you know, when this all started out, people were throwing around the name Matt Rule. You know, he, he didn't just come on to the, you know, people's lists when he got fired from Carolina. I mean, a lot of people were projecting he's going to get fired from Carolina. And so, therefore, you know, he should be on the list. And, you know, I, I guess the you can just look at it that the pieces fell together and um, we've got Matt Rule as our head coach. Oh my God, I don't. My, I really need to get a different mouse. Okay. Hey, I do have a question. Are, yeah. is, does Trev Alberts have enough money in the budget to bring back a hologram of Charles Schultz so that he can do the comic book of Matt Rule? Oh I mean, can, my God. The comic it, book thing. The comic book of Matt Rule. Yeah, I mean, we had we had one for Scott Frost, so we need one for Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Yeah, we need one for Matt Rule, and I think Charles Schultz, with his comic skills, the classic Charlie Brown trying to kick the football when Lucy pulls it up. I think I think we need to embed um, Matt Rule in a, a Charles Schultz storyline. Peanuts. There we go. Charles Schultz would be a hundred years old this month. Peanuts. He's from your neck of the woods. Peanuts. Peanuts. Okay, we're moving on. Uh, okay, Matt's rule deal is an eight-year contract worth $74 million, 90% guaranteed sum deferred compensation, salary pool of $7 million. What do you think of that? Hey, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, in fact, I wouldn't mind if they bumped up the uh, – um, oh, Jesus. Um <laughs> Blame, 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 blame. Um, yeah, I think that if they even bump that assistant pool up a little bit more, I mean, hell, everybody that, you know, all the other pundits and experts seem to think that 
Nebraska's printing money that they can spend whatever they want to, you know, 25 million a year for Urban Meyer to come in and resurrect things. So, um, yeah, we could have had more for the assistance, but we'll get good assistance. I, I saw a lot of comments. I saw some YouTube comments. I also got uh, stuff pushback on Twitter about eight year contract. That means we're stuck with him eight years. Now, that means we're paying eight years worth of salary. In other words, you get a contract for eight years, and if we fire you in year three, we owe you the remainder of the contract unless it's for cause or some malfeasance that's built into the contract. It, we don't, we're not stuck with a guy if he sucks in eight years. And I know that, you know, if you're positive, you're like, we need to pay a coach, a good coach, to get a top-tier coach, and it better be good money because I want top-tier guy. Then you got them other people on the other end of that spectrum going, hey, look, look at all the money we're paid out, so billions of dollars, and blah, 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 and now we're going to do it again. And you know what? We we might do it again. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen with Matt Rule. Although well, I can say this, uh, he did. You know what? He did look like a professional. For God's sakes, he didn't have a chew in. He Well, he didn't have shave because he doesn't have just stubble. Was he wearing he a camouflage tie? He, he buttoned his top button. I don't think he was wearing a – no. <laughs> so I did say – and somebody posed this question. Good. 90% of his contract's guaranteed to answer a question that just flew by. 90% okay. is guaranteed. Uh, okay, guys. Let's see here. We got Aaron Rostock. He says, can I get a shout-out for Dave's wife, Angela, this week? Hi, Angela. Shout out to Dave's wife, Angela. I had a rough day today, man. The headaches were terrible. Um, <clears throat> I let myself get stressed out about stuff that I shouldn't have let myself get stressed out about. Nothing about Nebraska. Uh, okay, let's go with this one. It's a comment from Brett. Look, Luke Fickle looks like an ang angry Adam Sandler. And he, he is correct about that. Luke Fickle does look like that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Doomsday Diesel had a comment about the game. Who boos a three and eight team that you've been beaten seven years in a row into the stadium? Colorado isn't even that classless. Well, I that would be Iowa. The answer to that question would be Iowa. They well, would boo a team as they came onto the field. I, I'm, I'm maybe interpreting that wrong. Who boos a three and eight team who you've beat? I don't think Iowa fans were booing Nebraska. I think Iowa fans were booing their own team. Oh, why do you think that is? Because that's who they are. That's what they do. There, are, they, there have been some comments that have been made, and you know, I know a lot of Iowa fans. There are people that the, the only fan in the state of Iowa of Kirk Ferentz is Gary Barta, the AD. He's the only fan, but he's the only one that counts because he makes the decision on whether Kirk stays or goes. The average yeah. average Iowa fan does not want Ferentz to continue being the head coach at the at the University of Iowa. Oh wow! And, and well, I'm okay with it. I am too. I, I'm I'm very much a Kirk <laughs> Ferentz fan at Iowa. I'm even more of a Brian Ferentz fan at Iowa. Okay, Blaine Cole says, "How about an offensive lineman in the backfield?" 
Uh, you know, they remember Refrigerator Perry. Maybe we'll see that. I mean, we know we from the sounds of it, we have a guy uh, Sutterfield from South Carolina is coming to be our offensive coordinator. He's worked with uh, Matt Rule before. I didn't really look into that a whole lot. Uh, but I think, you know, I think the, the Matt Rule talked a lot about fundamental football, and I think people took that as, um, I don't know how people took it. When you looked at, first looked at Sutterfield's resume, you were kind of like, okay, this is a passing offense, just like Mark Whipple. But then when he talks about it, it's running the ball. So I don't know what, I'm sure everybody's going to analyze this, and so will we. As well, we get into, uh, you know, get in more to these higher and the, the staff fills out. There are very, very few teams, and I know that a lot of Nebraska fans want to see a fullback in the backfield, but there are very, very few teams that use a fullback anymore, and that includes the NFL. And, John, you've mentioned, you know, in different settings that a lot of times you put a tight end back there, an H-back, you know, that kind of a person that, you know, can lead block. And, you know, Blaine asked a good question. We do see uh, offensive linemen. Heck, sometimes we see defensive linemen, you know, line up as a fullback and, you know, try to, uh, you know, open up some holes. There was, there was, um, watched a couple this weekend, and now I'm, now I'm kind of blank on what games I was watching where I saw it done, but I saw a big old lineman back there down in their four-point stance driving off the ball trying to knock somebody back. Linda Wilkins, welcome back, Linda. Good to see you. We paid the Panthers $40 million to buy out his contract and gave him 32 extra. That would be $32 million. I wish I was in on some of this stuff, but, uh, you know, you'd have to work all the time, Todd. Well, I, I, I think you'd have to work all the time to be successful. That's the key there. <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm just clicking around now. Yourself, we have the almighty Ewak as coach. We do. Uh, let's real quick go to this. M. Gaboski is back, our Michigan guy. Who is Ohio State's daddy? Did you watch the game? The blue, the maize and blue is Ohio State's daddy. They're their dad. Oh, hey, who on the coordination staff during the preseason roundtable predicted that Michigan was going to win the East and predicted that Michigan was going to win the Big Ten. Everybody else picked Ohio State. Who was the one bright, handsome, intelligent individual that chose the maize and blue? This guy is sitting in the lobby of a rest area in the middle of <laughs> Iowa. That's who. Okay. I was shocked. I was shocked that I, something there is a Nebraska connection here. I was shocked that Ohio State's defense got torched that many times. Well, they got destroyed, and it was they, embarrassing for them. Well, and there was a bit of arrogance too. You know, I, I read an article from somebody that knows a lot more X's and O's than I do, and they were saying it was just blatant arrogance on behalf of the Ohio State defensive coordinator. He didn't make any adjustments. That they, you know, that uh, Michigan, you know, <laughs> Michigan found a weakness and Michigan exploited it. And he just basically said, well, I'm too smart to make any changes, you know, and they didn't. And, you know, here's the crazy thing. Who would ever have predicted that explosive big plays in that game offensively would happen with Michigan? You know, it's Ohio State. 
that yeah, has those you know big chunk plays and that kind of stuff. I mean, you're right. It was it was it was it was shocking. I figured I figured if Michigan was going to win, it was going to be one of those grinded out games. Michigan was going to figure out a way to keep it close and 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 try to grab it at the end, but it just went the opposite of that. Do you remember when Nebraska played Michigan? Do you remember that boring game? Why it was so boring? Because Nebraska did everything they could not to give Michigan the ball. Well, and, and you know, we only gave up one explosive play in that entire game, and it was 29 right. yards. And Ohio State's defense got torched repeatedly. I just, it was just amazing to watch. And one of the things the Ohio State guys have told me is when they go into games where they get start to fall apart and get destroyed, and it used to be the case under Urban Meyer, it looks like it's continued under Ryan Day, they lose their cool and they stop or start committing stupid penalties all over, and they certainly did that. Well, it's certainly the two games that I watched this weekend. You know, Ohio State, I'm not taking anything away from Michigan, but Ohio State, you're right. They they beat themselves in some respects. They they truly did. Hey, Iowa beat themselves in many respects. Iowa, you know, the the mantra for Iowa is Iowa doesn't beat themselves. Well, with all of those penalties, all of those penalties and the turnovers that they had, you know what? Iowa helped Nebraska out a lot in that game. And we ain't going to give it back. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to we're going to go to this Wisconsin's press conference was a snooze fest. Did you watch that? I assume you did not. I did not watch that. It was amazing to me that they could have a guy look more boring than Paul Christ, but they managed to do it. And then, then we're going to go to James Marshall, who says Wisconsin pulled off a master class. And I assume that means that he would have rather had Luke Fickle. And we're going to talk about this for a minute. I, quite frankly, looked at this and I thought, you know, I really honestly would have liked Luke Fickle too. But I have some points to make, Todd. Make them, John. Number one, number one, number one, I want to ask you, do you think Luke Fickle went to Wisconsin because of Matt Campbell syndrome? I think Luke Fickle went to Wisconsin because, A, he wanted to be in the Big Ten, and, B, I think he sees Wisconsin's way of playing football and the way their department runs and I, I just think he sees it more like what he experienced when he was at ohio state I, I i let's face it nebraska is still an outlier you know nebraska is still you know the redheaded stepchild in the conference wisconsin is a traditional big 10 school and that's why i think that was attractive to luke fickle Okay, but Matt Campbell syndrome, what I mean is that Matt Campbell is now stuck at Iowa State. He had a year where he could have basically named his job, and he didn't take it, and now the shine is off of him, and he is going to be stuck at Iowa State, and they don't have a lot of money. Whereas Luke Fickle's sitting there at Cincinnati, and he's thinking, I'm going to, you know, the big thing I always heard about Fickle is he wouldn't leave Ohio. Well, he left Ohio. Uh, he did, his uh, sources say, sources his contract with Wisconsin is seven-year deal at an average of nearly $7.9 million per year. So, you know, there are a lot of people like, he's getting $3 million less than the other guy. Well, he's not really, you know, it's not, there's not a huge difference between what they're paying Luke Fickle and what we're paying uh, Matt Rule. 
I mean, not in a big thing except thing. Joel Tilson says Matt Campbell screwed himself, and I I think that seeing that, uh, I think that's really to me that's what probably got him to, uh, to go to Wisconsin. But <clears throat> I asked yeah, my Wisconsin. Go ahead. Well, no, back on the Matt Campbell syndrome, and and you know Matt Campbell actually had a couple of years when he was a pretty hot commodity. You know, last year a lot of people were you know, talking him up. But even the year before, he had been mentioned even for some NFL jobs. You know, his name was tossed around a lot. And, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people can sit back and say, well, you know, he kind of screwed the pooch and he's he's stuck at Iowa State. But Matt Campbell's made it pretty doggone clear that he's very comfortable at Iowa State. He likes being at Iowa State. Um, you know, I, I think what's evident when you look at programs like Iowa State has been, you know, Iowa State's been kind of a roller coaster school, but you know, Kansas State, kind of the same way. Can Matt Campbell make Iowa State relevant again? Yeah, he can, but he's not going to, I don't think he'll, Iowa State was never going to be one of those schools that's always going to ride that the top of the wave. Not going to happen. So Matt Campbell may very well have his opportunity to go on to bigger and better things, you know, when he turns Iowa State back into a winning program. I think that that can happen. I was incredibly disappointed with how bad Iowa State got beat by TCU. You know, TCU is a good yeah. team. You know, right yeah. now they're in the playoff picture, uh, but they're not. Holy moly, sixty something to fourteen. You know, that was that was that was horrendous. Just horrendous. Okay, let's go back to James Marshall, who said, "I'd rather have Jim Leonard." Now, I talked to or I chatted with a, the, my Wisconsin guy. He's my Wisconsin guy this morning. And he said a lot of the fans at Wisconsin were very upset that Jim Leonard wasn't named the coach. They were kind of surprised and caught off guard by all of this. Uh, you saw the response. There were some responses from Wisconsin players that weren't very favorable. Uh, I, I do like Luke Fickle, but I think that I don't know. I look at Wisconsin and I go, okay, are they going to have the no money war chest that we do? Uh, no, I don't think they are. Wisconsin in the past has had problems where, uh, you know, Bert, Bert, Brett Bellema left because they wouldn't give him more money for assistance. And they, they've really just kind of done this thing where it, we do this Barry Alvarez's way or we don't do it at all. Now, the key here is this. Their athletic director is new. And they hired outside the Wisconsin chain. Is that is that a sign that they're willing to change their ways to become more competitive? Because uh, they've never been able to make it over that hump where they were a you know a great great team, not just above average. Well, you know, everybody, not in Nebraska. Nebraska fans always qualify anything they say about Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez was from Nebraska, and he put in place what Tom Osborne did at Nebraska. You know, I mean. Nebraska fans want to pat themselves on the back, you know, taking some credit for that. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that, um, I don't know, we could, we, maybe it's a topic for another time of how important it is to kiss the ring. You know, is it important to kiss Barry Alvarez's ring at Wisconsin? New athletic director from the outside, bringing in an outside coach, resurrecting things, new start, new program. I think time's going to tell. Um, but, I, you know, I'll just throw this out. Um, I think it'd be very hard to trust what's going on in the Wisconsin Athletic Department because all impressions were they got rid of Paul Christ to make way for Jim Leonard. They didn't want to lose Jim Leonard. And now, you know, in all likelihood, 
he's gone. Now, I don't think he's coming to Nebraska. There have been some people that have thrown out, well, hire him at Nebraska. Well, he's not going to end up at Nebraska unless he ends up as a linebacker coach or something. Or, I, Well, we've already got a defensive back coach. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that Rule's going to hire him here. But you know, maybe he is going to end up someplace where he can make mischief for the University of Wisconsin. Um, you know, yeah, Luke. Luke Fickle said that he did talk to Jim Leonard about they would be meeting this week about how, what they're going to do and how he wants to do things and whether or not Jim Leonard might stay on his staff. But you know, I I think you look at Jim Leonard and you go, okay, he's. He's going to be your defensive coordinator, and he's already been now a head coach for a while, and maybe he could go somewhere and be a head coach and get that experience. And so, I mean, you know, in the last three days, I think the Big Ten West got a shit ton better, regardless oh, yeah. of you know who got who and what. I think it we just got better, and the big I, I saw a lot of reactions from people of oh no Wisconsin hard Luke Fickle and ooh, and what we might have to compete with a really well coached Wisconsin team that recruits heavily, yet the Big Ten West is kind of a national embarrassment, and it needs this. It needs better coaches that are going to have get bring in better players. Quite frankly, because people make fun of us all over the place, and I'm tired of it. Even though when you saw our record this year, it was uh, the grueling, the most difficult, grueling division in all of football. So, so <laughs> I would agree with you. I think that this week, the last few days, the Big Big Ten West has gotten better because of the coaches that it's hired. You know, Purdue is not in the market for a new coach. They're going to stamp pat. Don't expect much different, you know, out of the University of Minnesota and certainly Illinois has Burt in place, and you know they're on an, they have an upward trajectory. So all that's left then is Iowa and Northwestern. And you know we've had people the last couple of weeks toss questions our direction about do we think Northwestern's going to get rid of Pat Fitzgerald? That is the strongest no that I can give. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, whenever you see the guy, he's wearing a purple sport coat. For God's sake, the guy bleeds Northwestern purple. And he is one hell of a good coach. The reality is Northwestern is going to have, they're going to have dog days like they had this year. They weren't that good last year. But Pat Fitzgerald will get the right players in there in the right spots, and they will compete. Now, if I'm wrong, a couple more years like this, maybe one more year like this, maybe Northwestern has some conversations with Pat Fitzgerald. But they're not just going to dump this guy. He has meant way too much to that university. Oh, my God, I'm going through these things. Uh, Fong Wei Reldman says, do you think one of the first things Rule will do is round up all the slow guys, put them on a bus, and send them to Iowa? Yes, he actually said that in the press conference. Uh, that's what I heard. Yeah, I, yeah we, I think that's reasonable. We're not going to trade him for Brian Ferentz, though. You know, oh, I my God. Wait, look at this. Murph Dog Brewing Company says Twitter is blowing up with rule hiring Brian Ferentz's quarterback courts. I think the key there is Twitter is blowing up. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, I'm not going to go look at Twitter right now. I really want to. <laughs> but uh, I don't think we're doing that. Let's see. I, do, 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 any chance rule? I did that one. 
Okay, here is the here's the big question of the day. That you know, I did I was on the YouTube chat and there were or on the YouTube live stream. There are almost twenty two thousand people on the live stream. Uh, and a lot of them were constantly about Mickey, 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 Mickey. And then Johnny Rogers said a comment that kind of alluded to Mickey Joseph staying, although I, I don't think Johnny Rogers would know that. Um, I love Johnny Rogers, but I he would not really have privy to that information if they were just starting. But uh, what do you think, Mickey? You know, I've kind of gone back and forth here a little bit. I, you know, until I started reading some things today, um, I was 100% on board of the find a way to keep Mickey Joseph around. Um, you know, I think where I'm at right now is I, it would make me, and not that I matter, but it would make me happy if Mickey had an opportunity to stick around. But what we have to understand is that Mickey Joseph is going to have other opportunities out there. There are going to be people out there in programs that are going to come after Mickey Joseph. And yeah, it's easy to sit here and fret a little bit and think, well, if we lose Mickey Joseph, we're going to lose some of these top-notch recruits. Well, you know, Matt Rule has proven himself over the years to be a pretty good recruiter, I mean, or, or have good recruiters on his staff. Um, you know, not every team, but most teams have top-notch recruiters. And so, you know, that behooves, you know, Matt Rule to figure out how to keep Malachi Coleman and some of these other guys on board if Mickey Joseph decides to leave. In my mind, I think Matt Rule could find a place for him on the staff. I don't think that Mickey Joseph is the kind of coach that uh, if he if Rule kept him around, there would be a divided locker room. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Mickey Joseph is that kind of a man. Yeah. M Mickey Joseph, what you see is what you get. And when he stepped into that job as interim head coach, I think way too much was made of him auditioning to be a head coach. Yeah, Trev Albert said, you know, he's got nine games to show us what he can do. Now, priority number one for Mickey Joseph was somehow keep that team together, somehow move that team forward. And he did. And he, he succeeded in what I think his most important tasks were. And that was, you know, develop those players the best that he can and, and move the team forward. And if they I can keep great i i guess i'd like to see mickey stay too I'd, I'd like to see mickey joseph stay but i think when you look at that you're looking at that for very selfish reasons i think mickey for his own career sake uh needs to go somewhere and get a coordinator job so he can continue up that ladder and i wait a minute somebody uh, joel tilson i think said heard mickey a rumor that mickey is being interviewed for the tulane tulane I learned to pronounce that when I was down there. Tulane head coach job, you know that would be in his backyard, and it would probably be an excellent opportunity for him. I, I still think you need to be a coordinator before you need to be a head coach. I mean, it's like somebody that goes into an organization and they start in the shipping area and they work themselves up well up to CEO. They understand that organization a hell of a lot better than somebody that just shows up as CEO. Although we frequently just hire the CEOs from everywhere. But uh, I think just, I, again, there was no indication at today's press conference that 
they're you know they didn't say yeah Mickey stand and everybody cheered or anything. Uh, the, I think he said he would be talking to him in the next week. He's been talking to the team well, about who's going to stay. He uh, he said he did say that he had conversation with Mickey already. He's had some conversation, and he also indicated that he was going to have a conversation with each of the existing coaches and have and chat with each one of them. And, you know, and and I think that that's just doing your due diligence. You know. Um, I don't, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to keep a coach around, you know, who knows the players and, and who has a, has, has some kind of an idea of where things have been. And, you know, I, I don't think it hurts to do that. Some people want to, you know, just clean it all out, but uh, you know, th there's some good coaches on that staff and, you know, something I found interesting, no idea if this is true, but I did see on Twitter that Matt Rule called Scott Frost and asked Scott Frost about some of the current um, assistant coaches. Uh, I find that kind of interesting. But again, he's being, if, if in fact that's true, he's being thorough. You know, he really is. And, and why not? I really want to do an impression of how that phone call went. <laughs> That's where Lucy. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Was um, that mean? Yeah, I don't think yeah, it was mean. yeah. Probably you're probably being mean. Okay. Being mean. I'm. I'm trying to. Uh, this, oh my god! I I keep unpinning and pinning the wrong messages. I mean. Uh, Okay, Linda, here's Linda again. Do you remember this? Linda Wilkins, how's that song go? Hey, oh, Mickey. Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. I remember Bob Zorowski and Kurt Klander okay. from our dorm floor doing a lip sync to that in some kind of a contest at Harper Stram Smith. And they got a couple of cheerleading outfits from Millard South, and it was the ugliest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was going to say – I, th I couldn't remember who it was. I knew it was Kurt. Uh, okay, Fred Sacco says, Johnny Rogers, when did he say that? When he was signing autographs at J.C. Penney's. Those are both very old references. It was in that pre-hour show, YouTube live stream. They, they interviewed Johnny for a little bit. Um, you know, he, he, Johnny Rogers, for crying out loud, he's a good guy. Uh, let's see. Is I, Somebody asked, I did that one. Is Northwestern's going to be make a change? Let's go with David Matney, living in Omaha. Were you guys surprised Trey Palmer opted for the draft? Is there any sign that Mickey is not staying? I don't think there's any sign about Mickey, anything that's uh, completely settled yet. So, I would agree. And, and you know, I think Trey Palmer, no surprise. It would be nice to have him back. But, you know, Trey Palmer's going to make whatever decision he thinks is best for him. He's listening to all sorts of people, and if people have him convinced that uh, he's going to end up in the draft, then that's where he's headed. Okay. Oh, you know what? We better address this. Doomsday Diesel asks, is this the last Monday night therapy for the season? We're going to keep doing these? Yeah, I think we should for a while at least. Okay. There might be one or two basketball fans, and you probably need to help them get through the season, John. We're, we're real quick. Somebody did say something about basketball. Beetle B, 
Uh, Mike Corgan says stop with the Tony Basil. Okay. Okay, Beetle Beef says, how about the men's basketball team? LOL. Hey, they beat Florida State and they beat the shit out of them. Beat them pretty bad game? from what I hear. No, I don't. John, how many times do I have to tell you? I don't watch basketball. I'm a Fred Hoiberg fan because Fred Hoiberg, you know, is Fred Hoiberg. But I'll watch basketball when, when they get down to 68 teams or however many God many they have. I'll watch it then just because – I fill out a bracket. Well, I, I did watch the game. Uh, I mean, they, they had a rough going of it for a while, and then they just they just started beating the hell out of Florida State. I'd say this team is this team is a completely different team with Derek Walker because Derek Walker played, and he is so efficient with the ball. He had a, a double double, I think, and I think when he shoots, he is. He's like he was like ten of eleven. I mean, the guy is just so efficient with the ball. He scores. He rebounds. The team plays a lot different when he's in the game. Maybe it's because of the confidence, you know. And Casey Tominaga is—he's not quite the shooter he is, but you can see that his energy when he's on the floor is infectious. So I think I'll say the same thing with the basketball team. Let's just take it one day at a time, and uh, you know, I don't know. Stop projecting and just let go. Hey, what's next? And See how well, they do. You know, one one person made a comment today that I heard, you know, that Derek Walker is an easy best player on this basketball team. And he's going to be a difference maker when he's in the lineup. Um, hopefully they continue to gel or learn to play together. And by the time, you know, they get into the Big Ten Conference, hopefully they're going to win some games in the Big Ten Conference this year. Yeah, I, I want to see the basketball team, team succeed because I want to see Fred Hoiberg you know, continue as the coach at Nebraska. I'm, you know, I mean, yeah, whatever. Okay, there is there is news out there that a one Spencer Rattler is entering the transfer portal. I, that now somebody pointed out that that was a fake account, and I hope I. Well, you know, if we're bringing in the offensive coordinator from South Carolina, Satterfield, and I think that's been pretty much confirmed that that's happening. Well, Spencer Rattler was the quarterback. I, oh, my God. Uh, it would it's be too so – it's, it's too much movement for you, isn't it? Uh, I don't like Spencer Rattler. I, I just – I don't think I, he's that great. I think that – I don't think you know, he's they, had, they just beat the shit out of two teams, though. But well, I don't think on, on – uh, you know, I don't – I am not a huge Spencer Rattler guy either, but – I watched that documentary when that kid was in high school, and you talk about somebody all in it for himself, and, you know, he doesn't give a crap about his teammates. He's a flipping narcissist. I, uh, yeah. He might be our quarterback. He might have to say nice things. I know, I know, I know, and I will. I will. Okay. I'll try to. Uh, wait a minute. These things, I am so slow. Fong, yeah. Fong yeah. Fel, oh my God, it's been a tough day. Fongway Weldman says, please do the show's half hour later so as not to conflict with Callahan and Sipple. I didn't know that they were doing a show tonight. I know that uh, Doc, 
uh, Rob Zadiska and that, those guys are doing a call-in show at the same time as us. There's too many of us. And you guys just need to, those guys need to go out of business or something. Uh, Mike Corgan says, Eli Elijah Robinson, maybe. And I believe I, Elijah Robinson is a uh, defensive line coach from Texas A&M who that they people have rumored that we may get this guy and he's supposed to be a good recruiter although you know i think texas a&m last year was one of the teams that went out and bought everybody i don't know if that's the same guy i thought that was somebody else i know that people were talking about getting the texas a&m d-line coach but i don't think it's elijah robinson we got, we got a guy we got a guy named Evan Cooper, I believe it was, for our strength and conditioning coach. So the strength and conditioning cat, uh, staff looks like they're going to be replaced. Uh, Evan Cooper, did you see a photo of him? I did see a photo of him. You know what? You know what it reminded me of? Terry Crews. No, it reminded me of when when I was like twenty one. You remember that? All like. Yeah. That's right, John. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about you and your sleeveless T-shirts strutting across campus <laughs> with your Lambda Chi Alpha brand on your <laughs> bicep. We used to the, the wife beaters in the summer. Is that what they said? They don't call those those T-shirts. They, they, no, they don't call them. They don't call those. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. But uh, well, they changed so much language. I'm going to apologize because if you were right. Elijah Robinson is at A and M. Okay, my yeah, I, I, my that's apologies. the defensive line guy that they yeah. we think people are coming in. Uh, oh my God, Bob Mastin asks, "Is there no way Thompson will return?" We're going to find out about these guys yeah. over the next week. I think Matt Rule said today that he will be meeting with the team this week, and you know they're all going to decide. I, I imagine that he's going to present, here's the plan, and here's what we're going to do, and this is what we're thinking about like for an offense. He did say during the press conference that he changes his offense to fit the people he has. Thank goodness. Which is a really good, uh, which is a really good thing to hear. Because, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of saw, well, I don't know. I could go back. I don't think Bill Callahan would have changed anything about his offense to fit a team. I I don't think Scott Frost did a very good job at that either. Uh, he thought everybody was going to just change him to, uh, you know, the whole conference had changed because of his wizardry, yep. but that didn't work yep. out. Yep, yep. Uh, Fongway says, can, can Rattler use his redshirt year to set out next year while Thompson QBs the team? He could. He could. That is true. So, you know, I, I guess, but come on. It's Spencer. We can find another. Quarterbacks are going to show up in the portal. Okay. What's not going to show up in the portal is offensive linemen. And that's going to, you know what? That's going to lead me right. I was going to save this for a bit, but we're at 47 minutes and it's well, time to. There's been what? a lot of contact. I've been told they've made a lot of contact. The existing staff's made a lot of contact with Juco offensive line, offensive and defensive linemen. That's the route they were going to go to try to bring in some depth. David Matney asked the, you know what, let's get on top of this. I know this is way too early to ask this question. What do you think is a realistic expectation for year one? Todd. God. Better than we are now. <laughs> well, I hate I, this. I, I hate when, I mean, yeah, I put a number on Scott Frost last year. 
you know, and but but the truth of the matter is, is that we've got people that are out there that cheer for the same team we have that say five and seven will be, you know, that won't be progress. Five and seven, uh, you know, uh, will be lackluster. You know, we should be in a bowl game next year. You know, if he's if he's as good as everybody says he is, we ought to be winning eight games. I, you know, I don't know. I, I I want I want Nebraska to play tough, fundamental, hard nosed football and don't shoot themselves in the foot. And if they can do that, they're going to win football games. Yeah, that's but really what it is. I'm not going to throw out. I'm not going to. I am not going to decide. I am not going to establish my self worth <laughs> based upon. <laughs> You know, the record of a bunch of 18 to 23-year-old kids. I'm not going to do that. They need to be a better team than they were this year. They need to go out and they need to take the game to the other team. They need to punch other teams in the mouth. They need to score some points. You know, they, they, they need to start reminding us of what a winning football team looks like. <laughs> and, you know, shit. We, we don't have sunny dikes. You know, the, the, the cupboard isn't full. You know, you can't, you can't, that's, that is the fact that he stepped in at TCU and is sitting down there undefeated right now, 12 and 0. You know, Gary Patterson left him, you know, a very well stocked pantry. Uh, somebody asked, you know, I would say, I'd say the same thing. I don't have high expectations for the number of wins. Just because when you build a team, it's easier to get the skilled players on the field before it is before the linemen because of all the work that you have to do to get a lineman up to, well, up to Big Ten standards, quite frankly. If you're coming out of JUCO level and if you're coming out of uh, probably a G5 level, which is where we'd find our transfer linemen, it's going to take a while for those guys to build up in the strength conditioning program before they're ready to see the field. And I, if you talk to guys that play football, they'll tell you, yeah, the receivers can get on the field before that. Quarterbacks have to learn a lot, but they can still, you know, show up and run basic the basic offense before they get fancy. So we on the offensive line, we have one guy graduate, one guy, Trent Hickson graduates. He's gone. The other four players that played the bulk, well, Brock Bando, who was a a, a backup that played quite a bit, an awful lot at times, he's gone. Okay. Folks, we're going to see at least two of those guys, maybe three of those guys that are still here, are going to have starting positions on the offensive line. Count on it. Hopefully, they are much better. Hopefully, they've had a good offseason in the strength and conditioning program. Hopefully, they're coached up so that fundamentally they're a lot better than they are right now. If, if anyone thinks that we're going to see five new guys on the offensive line, and we're going to be significantly better than what we have been the last couple of years. You're drinking Kool-Aid that nobody else is. Mike Corgan says, how many of the one-score losses would Rule have won? He would have won them all. He would have won them all. And that's okay. my answer. And that's where we're going. <laughs> I mean, you can – I've seen – so, uh, you know, the, like I said, the live thing with the press conference, the chat on YouTube, there was a chat going and most of it was – there was a lot of screaming negative people. Even though uh, I did a Twitter poll on our YouTube page, we'll probably do a react survey. And, you know, by and large, I think of the Twitter or the YouTube poll, very few people were really upset with it, but they seem to be very vocal. 
61% I think said I just accept it, which is I think, you know, if you're not going to if you're not going to go with it and say, yeah, this is a good hire and let's go ahead and rah rah Nebraska. I mean, just accept it and don't be that guy that goes on and on and on about how we're going to lose and the world's ending and I'm not going to pay attention to Nebraska football anymore and you know, do you ever see those Facebook groups where somebody says I'm leaving the group? And then the standard answer is, this isn't the airport. You don't have to announce your departure. It's like a required answer. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But I was that guy. I said that. I said that if they hired Urban Meyer, I would not cheer for Nebraska as long as that guy's there. So, okay, Todd, bad Nebraska fan. Bad Nebraska. Yeah. 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 Just come yeah. on in and for the big win. Yeah. Join the team. <laughs> you know, Todd, if you start getting angry in a public area in, in Iowa, you God knows what's going to happen. Somebody's going to call the police. You'll be related. Probably be state arrested. troopers will show up. Yeah. Unfold. Uh, okay. You know what? We're coming up on 54 minutes. I'm amazed I've made it this far. Rule, Roger Moore says rule is, oops, wait a minute. Rule is getting fitted for his smock tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> If 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 it's a required uniform, Todd, you have to wear it. I think Trev Albert might have something to say about the attire that Matt Rule will be wearing on the sideline. At least well, I hope he does. Okay. I know a lot of people who write that, that are like authors. Okay. They're not just sports writers. They write like memoir. They write like, you know, fiction. I know a lot of those people now because I've had to learn self-publishing and everything. And a lot of them will tell you that they have to be in a certain situation to feel most comfortable to do their writing. So if, if Matt Rule feels like <laughs> I am coaching at my best in a smock, I'm thinking that son of a bitch better be in a smock. That's what I'm thinking. And be damned everybody that makes fun of him and says, like, yeah, a guy looks like an Ewok in a smock. <laughs> hey, that's our T-shirt, Ewok in a smock. I'm sure the Star Wars people wouldn't come after me for that. Uh, okay. What, a, what, a, what else we got? Oops. I, I clicked on that. Grow the farm. Yeah, you can says, answer that one, John. It's direct. Well, I, I clicked on it. I didn't mean to put it. Hey, John, what does Matt Rule think about the American banking system? Can he fix it that way? He's at it. LOL. You know what? He could, but he's too busy coaching Nebraska football right now. Maybe in a few years, he'll leave us to go fix America. And by God, if he could fix a, a Nebraska football, I'd be all for him fixing America because uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm, I, uh, Brian Bauer says, I hope he isn't getting some of his salary in cryptocurrency, which really is a kind of a stab at me because I didn't get my money back from FTX. You know, in hindsight, investing in a guy who had an offshore business that was doing crypto was a really fucking stupid idea. You know that? It really was unbelievably dumb. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You got any other questions? Well, hey, you know, let's let's chat. You know, we've got what just a few minutes left, and and you know, obviously, Matt Rule, that news rules the day. You know, feeling really good off the win um, against Iowa. I think we do need because you and I have have made it a point that we cover. We try to cover as many sports as we can, and um, 
what what a, a disappointing, frustrating weekend it was for the volleyball team. And um, you know the fact that Kinsey Knuckles, you know, they said it was the last drill of the day on Wednesday. She oh. blows her knee um, right right in front of having to play Wisconsin, and on the next night playing against Minnesota. And you know the team. The, the team just was they, – they were going to have to be clicking on all cylinders. They hadn't been playing that well in the last couple of weeks anyway, but everything was going to have to work for them to have some success against Wisconsin, and that was just way too much for them to overcome. That was really, really frustrating, I think. Um, and then I, I think it just took such an emotional toll out of those girls. No disrespect for Minnesota. I mean, they ended up two-seed – in the in the NCAA tournament as well, and they're very well coached, and they have one of the best players in the conference on that team. Um, but I hope I hope that Coach Cook can get that team get the ship right. They play Thursday against uh, Delaware State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think Nebraska is hosting it at the Vanny Center. Um, it would be a shame. It, it truly would, with all the talent that was on the floor and. Uh, you know, we've already said goodbye to the seniors, Nicklin Hamus and, and uh, Maddie Kubik, um, Mackenzie Knuckles, and 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 uh, Horde. Uh, I'm blank on her first name. Yeah. Um, but doggone it, you know, let's let's hope that um, they they can finish uh, strong. You know, the, finish the season out strong. Honestly. In my opinion, I think they're sitting in the best quarter bracket they could. You know, they got to win three games, and they're going to play Louisville. And I think if Louisville wins three games, I think it's better to play Louisville than it is Texas, Wisconsin, or uh, Stanford. So they're sitting where they need to be. I got a Maddie Kubik is the one I'll probably miss the most because you know when you do stuff with a camera, when you're shooting these players, the thing about shooting stuff is you can, I mean, you got big ass lens. You can get right up to every expression on their face. And a lot of times that's what you're doing is sitting there. Like I've said before, I'm banging into my mic. What I've said before is when you shoot matches, we shoot baseball games, you shoot thousands of photos, right? And a lot of those, a lot of them, those for me are, are like what filmmakers would call B-roll. They're Photos you use as kind of place markers. If you want to talk about Maddie Kubik, here's a nice shot of Maddie Kubik. But I think what always struck me about her was I just loved her face. Yeah. <laughs> Michaela Fecky was this girl who I loved watching her play and I loved shooting her because you could see a distinct change in just how her face looked from when she went from I'm playing volleyball to I am now a serial killer of other women playing volleyball against me. And that's just, it was a beautiful change in her face. And Maddie Kubik, when you watch her play, always just has the smile. It's just, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's it glowing. It, it was really neat to watch. It is. It's, um, and, and you know, her younger sister Madison's there. She's going to be back next year. So we'll have a Kubik to root for. Um, there's a lot to be hopeful for, for this team. It's just kind of a bummer. And, um, you know, Nebraska fans, I'm sure, are going to rally around this volleyball team. And, yeah, I know, MK's – I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you down. Um, keep the faith, MK. Keep the faith. <laughs> MK says, Todd, you're going to end on volleyball injuries and departing seniors. Again, not therapeutic. What, what, what is something positive that we can end on, Todd? Something positive that we can win on? end on? Yeah. 
We beat Iowa. Well, we that is Iowa. true. We did beat Iowa. <laughs> oh, you know, I so badly wanted to come up with a dumb song about that. And then I, I just, you know, when it finally happened, I was like, I was exhausted from the whole, it's suddenly halftime and then suddenly it's the fourth quarter and we're ahead, but oh my God, we're not, you know, we're not looking good. And that impending doom comes over you and it's just like, I can't do this again. And then we win and I was, I wasn't really relieved. I'm just, I'm an exhausted person. But it was fun. God, it was fun. Because, you know, what? you know, we can end this with Vanessa's comment. Vanessa said, Herbie 2023, isn't he changing? Yes. And that's a positive. Trev Albert, Trev Albert has already announced that Herbie is going to have a makeover. Now, isn't all good news? Sorry. I think Little Red's going to return. But, New and approved, Herbie. There you go. I love Little Red. I know you do. What the hell? You know, he's fun to photograph, too. He's fun to photograph because of all the, the reactions of people around him, especially little children. Some seeing it. It's the same reaction you get with Santa Claus, where some are just like, oh, God, it's huge and terrifying. And then some are just like so unbelievably excited to see Little Red. It's amazing. Uh, one of the You're not talk, I'm best... talking about the changes in facial expression on Little Red. No, I, the little kids that they react to. Don't you know what? I can find you in an Iowa public <laughs> lobby. And it wouldn't be pretty, buddy. Uh, okay. We okay. got a call here, John. I think. Uh, I, what are you ready to leave the public place before you get arrested for drug-related activities? <laughs> They gotta be. I mean, we probably should let you go because it's probably you know there's a fifty-fifty chance that the state patrol is on their way. It could be. Could the be. longer you stay there, the bigger the percentage goes up that they're coming. Okay. <laughs> I don't know of anything else. We're gonna keep doing these shows. I'll talk with Todd about moving the date to eight o'clock so we don't conflict with Callahan and Sipple, uh, and we'll we'll try to stick it in where it fits best. I think maybe we can do that. I ain't going back to 8.30 with you Thursday night guys, though. I'm okay. too old. I'm too old. <laughs> okay, good night, Todd. Good night, John. You take care. <laughs> I hope you make it out of there alive.